All right, here we go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk, toys. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. You know, I want to start by saying that our last two films that we reviewed, Rogue One and La La Land, um, both star uh, actors. Well, was they Ryan do. You're Gosling, right. Was Ryan Gosling? <laughs> wait, was Ryan Gosling in Lost River? No, he wasn't no. at all. So never mind. But I'm getting there, Colin. Ben Mendelsohn, Rogue One. In Lost River, directed by Ryan Gosling, shot in Detroit. Detroit podcast, Woodward's film cast, us. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. You did it. I just want to bring, it, like, bring it, it up. Is it. this like the number 23? Just like five plus five is 10, one plus zero is one, plus another one is two. After that is three twenty three, but way funner than number twenty three. <laughs> I just bring that. I bring that up because look, we're a Detroit podcast. I sometimes forget to have the Detroit flavor in there, and we had it, and I missed it, and it's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, we lost because Lost River, <laughs> Lost Ryan Gosling's Lost River, River shot in Detroit um, yeah. was our first episode, and this is our seventh. No, I thought it follows was our first episode. Oh, shit. Okay, it was our second, whatever. It was. This is our 71st episode, wow. which is really actually, there's probably, there's two other ones, I think. I don't know if I... Detroit movies? You mean? No, episodes. I mean, you did, Colin, you did a solo thing. And, the Lost episodes? Yeah, there's there's some <laughs> other ones there. I haven't really counted it. Anyways, this is the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV, news, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here every week with my friends. Mitch. And... Colin. Me, Mitch, and Colin get together every week. We see a movie, we sit around and talk about it. We also get into some movie headlines uh, and news, and we do some Netflix and video on demand recommendations at the end of the show. Colin, you, uh, you you were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark the other day? I was. I did. What did you think? It's That's a fun movie. Isn't it? They That's a fun movie. Yeah. It's like, it was, I haven't seen it since I was, you know, eight or nine or something. One, it's a lot more violent than I remember yeah, it right. being. Yeah, um, but it's it's just a fun movie. They don't, they just don't do those anymore. No, they and don't. they're Nazis, so who cares? Right. <laughs> that's also that's <laughs> the truck. True. The truck chase where he's freaking chasing after a truck full of Nazis and jumps on him yeah, off a horse like, and, and then, like rides. Yeah, they threw a guy it. under that bus. I mean, or that tr- that truck. I mean, that's amazing. Let me ask you something. Watching the movie now because you haven't seen it in a long time. Could you imagine anyone else playing? Indiana Jones, other than Harrison Ford, at that time, just no, no. I mean today, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, you know, I don't know. You know? Yes, I, I think I could okay. actually. Yeah, we're, I have a feeling we're gonna. I mean, almost undoubtedly gonna get that right because they're doing it with Han Solo, which you know, I would, I would say, uh, growing up, I'd be like, no one else is gonna play Han Solo or or Indiana Jones, but uh, they're doing it. Han Solo movie's coming. I think Han Solo is a much trickier role than Indiana Jones, personally. Just by from the from the based on Raiders of Lost Ark. I mean, when we get into, I think um, it's interesting because Harrison Ford always used to Tap say he would me. never he would never do Han Solo again because he thinks it's not as interesting of a character as Indiana Jones. 
I well, de- I de- I agreed with that. I think Han Solo is a more to me a more iconic of a role where uh Indiana Jones is a more interesting role. Interesting. Yeah. He also wanted he wanted Han Solo to die in the third right. one, right. but everyone had old hands and stuff at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But so I think the only reason he he said he'd do Force Awakens is if Han Solo died. So <laughs> Got his wish. Right. So it's like, I'm Al- done. <laughs> Alden Ehrenreich. Is that my getting that right? I think so. He is playing uh, Han Solo in the Han Solo film that will be coming out in 2018. So next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, first question, just because it, it's topical, I'll get there. But doesn't it just make sense that Alden Ehrenreich would play Indiana Jones if they go that route? Like <laughs> I don't think he'd agree with that. He would, he would be like, "Oh fuck, I'm not." So I'm just Harrison Ford now. It's <laughs> not so bad. Next time, now I'm gonna play redo the Fugitive, and I'm gonna remake, you know, the Patriot or Patriot Patriot Games. games. I mean, yeah, he could do. He could be Mel Gibson too. Yeah, he could probably. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I bring this up because <laughs> no, that's Tom Hardy's job <laughs> to do Mel Gibson stuff. Yeah. yeah. The um. Uh, it's been announced. It was, this was rumors last week, but it's been announced by Star Wars and Lucasfilm that uh, Woody Harrelson is joining the Han Solo movie. As uh, that, the, now, Lucasfilm didn't say this, but the rumors were he was going to be sort of Han Solo's mentor. Um, excited, cool, great, not not interesting. Anything? Anyone care? I know you were all kind of like, why is this movie even happening? Because isn't Star Wars kind of a Han Solo origin story? But. Um, Get a little Woody in your Han. <laughs> I mean, ish. <laughs> if it's if it's Han Solo's first heist, they're gonna call it. It's gonna be known galaxy world, world galaxy wide as the Han job. <laughs> All right, guys, give me your what are your Woody Harrelson thoughts. Let's okay. go. Um. We got a lot to cover this show. <laughs> we have a lot to get into. By the way, we're doing Moana and Fences. I forgot to say this. Hold on. Before we get into news, yeah. before we get into news, um, this is how the show is going to go down because we're trying to fit in all these movies in the award season. We're doing two this episode. We're doing Moana, the Disney animated film, and Fences, the Denzel Washington directed uh, drama. So we're going to do both of those in this episode. We'll be a little brief with both of them. We're also going to get to Golden Globes and all this stuff. But first, I want to talk about Woody Harrelson okay. in a Star Wars movie. Does he fit in a galaxy far, far away, Mitch? Yes. Wait, Woody Harrelson. Yes. Sorry. I was, <laughs> thinking, of, I was thinking of Alan Ehrenreich for a second. Uh, but yes, I think so. Well, he, I, hopefully he does too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like uh, Alden Ehrenreich and I like Woody Harrelson both. I like, I mean, I don't know. What's there not to like about Woody Harrelson? I don't, I don't think he's, he's been in some movies where it just wasn't the right fit. I never, I've never seen him do a really bad job, I don't think. But I'm sure someone could throw a movie out there and I'd be like, oh, yeah, right. That was not good. Um, he kind of plays a mentor in the Hunter Games movies. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. So, so he. So maybe that fits to most people's minds, I guess. Right. Maybe. That's immediately what my okay. what I, my mind yeah, went to. I was I like, oh, so he's just gonna be like Hamish from um, the Hunger Games, mm. like drunk and telling people what to do. Yeah, that's which is very possible. I, yeah, that's no, kind of how yeah. I picture it. Yeah. I mean, gonna take him under his wing, I guess, and maybe you know he's like smuggling with him, but then you know. It's kind of, you know, he he's 
Woody Harrelson's character is probably going to die. So, I mean... Because we have may- to follow some formula. Maybe. I, I'm not entirely <laughs> certain. You know, everyone thinks this, this movie is going to end with him walking into the Moss Eisley Cantina or something. I'm, I, I still believe that if, if they think they have a really good product here with Alden Ehrenreich, that this could be a trilogy and that they could plan on starting... Adventures of Adventures Han Solo. Solo kind of young. And then, yeah. you know, the third one would end up there. I still believe that they... Do they really have to... Is that the going to be the thing now with these I Star would, Wars stories? Uh, <laughs> they have to end it seconds I don't, I don't before. Know. Maybe I mean you're going to see the, the, how Lando and he got the Millennium Falcon from Lando. You're going to see the Castle Run. I mean, you're going to see these things that they mentioned in the movie. You know you're gonna. Um, <laughs> but this one might not be. So Woody Harrelson's going to reluctantly take Han Solo under his wing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going to be maybe a bad influence. Maybe I'm hoping. You know. Not every not every mentor needs to be a good guy, right? No. Let's get some let's get some badness in there. Hansel smuggles, man. He's a smuggler. He's running murder, arms and people. Drugs, maybe. Fuel. I don't know. He murdered Greedo, so he had to have murdered people in the past. <laughs> I mean, like he did it so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. I mean I wanna see the first time he murders someone, I wanna see him like throw up and just be like, Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> Just turn him into a real pussy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, th- this is the thing, too. I was thinking, like, we, we, I forget when we mentioned in the in the, in the the group chat. Like, I'm just, I can't imagine, like, any other type of emotion, like, coming in for Han Solo. Like, like I can't see, like, Han Solo ever crying in this movie. It would be weird. No, you. I mean, I, you're right. I don't want to see Han Solo, Han Solo doesn't cry. No, he doesn't. Yeah, no, I know. I see that. Well, I think it's, it's just going to be mad and this punches is, you know, things. It's going to be another. It's going to. I think maybe to your guys' dislike, but I think this is going to. They might be smart to do another movie that's just. It's a mission. I mean, it's like they're. Especially since it's Han Solo. I mean, you don't need to. I, we don't need an origin of Star story. Wars that I don't know where Yoda came from. I don't know where Boba. F- I mean, yeah. you know that was the alert for Boba Fett. So <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, you know, he just has no, to I smuggle some stuff. Totally agree. Shit goes down. I don't want to see. Maybe we can see just like him starting smuggling, but I don't need to see him like, you know, him as a kid and no. or like him, you know, growing up and stuff. Like, oh, I guess I'm shoved into the smuggling life you know i just you're right i prefer he was just a troubled kid who was already involved in smuggling we're gonna see him a young kid on a planet and then oh, hopefully his, his parents die nope nope he's gonna fall in love with woody harrelson's character and run away with woody harrelson's <laughs> character stow away on his ship somewhere and they'd be like well i guess i gotta take care of him now and then they get han solo are you implying that Han Solo was bi? <laughs> it sounded romantic the way you said it. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna fall in love. This is if I just... was doing the Han Solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that would be a departure. <laughs> um. Yeah. What? What would Lando think of that? Well, he'd get jealous. There's such a thing as a uh, yeah a thruple. Right out. That could happen. Hey. I take that's all the, what the Kessel Run is. That's, <laughs> I take all the boxes like a, in my movies. Uh, thruples, interracials, uh, age plays no factor. You I can throw I, some I species just, into I do here. It all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's 2017. 
it's a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Right. Um, okay, enough of that. We'll have so much more time to talk about the Han Solo movie and our uh, predictions, concerns, and jokes. On jokes. Let's get into it. You you Colin, do you want to do uh, BAFTA or Golden Globes first? Well, I feel like we should do Golden Globes first. Me too. Because they already happened. Sure. Um, sure, sure let's sure. first, Colin, take us through the winners, kind of, or the highlights the of highlights. the winners. Yeah, we'll you don't have, to, we have to go through every award. Everyone's seen it. Yeah. And then we'll, we can talk about the shebang of the Golden Globes, <laughs> which is, which is uh, you know, chock full of stuff. All right. Who, who won big and, and why and what did you take from it, Colin? I mean, the night was La La Land. The whole night. Broke a record. Yeah, broke a record. Set, won seven Golden Globes. More than any other movie ever. Um, not, in, I mean, of course, in the musical and comedy section, but then it crossed over into things like directing, which I thought was expected. Screenplay, which I thought was very unexpected. Yeah, um, I didn't re- truly agree with that. They're way better scripts, I thought. Absolutely. Um, and then when you not that I read it, them, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then winning things like score. Um, Original song, which I thought was surprising too. I mean, surprising, yes and no, but um, both actors and musical and comedy pictures. So, go, uh, La La Land sweeped up. Um, the only other film really to make a, a big impact then would be Moonlight, which won Best Picture on the drama side. Right. Um, you had Viola Davis winning supporting actor or a supporting actress for Fences, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, That's our film of the week, everyone. Hey. One of uh, Casey Affleck winning Best Actor, um, also in expected. a drama. Yep, um, Isabella Huppert winning Best Actress in a drama, beating uh, Natalie Portman, which uh, I'm happy for and surprised, and um, can't wait to see that movie. And um, was the other but oh, and then supporting actor uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson winning for Nocturnal Animals. That was really um, surprising, right? That was very surprising considering uh, he. Wasn't nominated for SAG and um, wasn't even like in the running for Oscars. Um, and now, you know, is catapulted into the running for Oscars, having win, won the Golden Globe. So that was that was probably the biggest surprise of the night for me was um, him winning supporting actor, beating both Mahershala Ali and Jeff Bridges. I thought one of those two would. Yeah, that's. Would get I it. mean, I haven't seen. Uh not turn on not animals, animals. Yep. but that you know i thought when i saw jeff bridges earlier on in the summer like that's that's the, he's the the, the the leaderboard and then marshall ali i mean mm-hmm. another one that could, you could that's toss-up in my mind so mm-hmm. i mean what you 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 saw nocturnal animals Colin. i did did you think he was exceptional oh he's really he's really good in it um and i mean i don't, I don't mind him being nominated for it although i prefer michael shannon in the movie over um him as far as supporting um, actors go, but um, I mean, I'm I'm happy that he was nominated. I, I'm shocked that he won. I mean, to me, it's Jeff Bridges or Mahershala Ali. I mean, those were I think two of the best performances of the year. Um, and then in TV, uh, HBO shut out didn't do anything. Is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It is. Um. It's you know Amazon and AMC these days, and Netflix. The Queen uh, was that the Crown. The Crown. The Crown. The Crown. Well, don't forget FX too with uh, Atlanta. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Atlanta was big. I haven't seen that. Have you guys watched Atlanta yet? Not yet. I have it. No, I don't have it recorded anymore because we got a new box. 
Damn it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, Hugh Laurie and uh, Tom Hilston. Yeah, the night manager. Night really, manager. Really cleaned up. Yeah. What do you... Never heard of it. I started uh, watching it, by the way. That may or may not be my recommendation at the end of the right. episode. End of um, the year. <laughs> it's over. Mitch, what any what is what surprised you the most? Was it the screenplay for La La Land? I mean, or you know, is it Ryan Gosling for La La Land? Does that surprise anyone think, in this room? Um, no, I, it didn't surprise me that it cleaned up because it's a good movie. It's about Hollywood. People love <laughs> people love musicals, and I mean, it just pretty much fit all the bills right. and just you know flowed in. Does, it wasn't. But does it fit your? <clears throat> barometer of what was the best in in all these categories so far of the um, the screenplay I would have preferred to give to like Manchester by the Sea Kenneth Lonergan um, what were the other ones Moonlight Moonlight maybe that one too it's, it was between those two for me I yeah think. I mean, wasn't Nocturnal Hell or High Water also Hell or High Water was in that there one too. Nocturnal Animals yeah. in there as well I just didn't think of all this the strong suits of or strong aspects of La La Land screenplay was not it. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to look at award season with for personal criteria for technical awards. To me, is it like is that technical aspect of the film the aspect that is its MVP kind of sort of thing? Um, and to me, like you know, for Moonlight or Manchester by the Sea, it's in the writing. Yeah, you know, uh, and acting, and acting, right? For La La Land, it's all technical. It's all technical stuff. That's not, you know, right. You know, directing could be too, but I'm just saying it's, you know, to me, this is like, like to me, like editing is for La La Land. It's for Rogue One. It's for movies that that exist because of their cinematography and their editing, and that's why they're fun. That's why we enjoy them. Mm -hmm. To me, you know, movies that are these these dramas that are well written and and uh, or comedies that are well written. That rely on performance, and performance relies on dialogue and scripts and character development. Those are the ones. That's, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know why it's. I say this because I don't even know why it's nominated. I, I don't know why La La Land's nominated. I mean, you're telling me that The Lobster wasn't a better script than this. Um, I, it was a, Arrival wasn't nominated, was it? No, no. You're telling me that Arrivals is a yeah. It wasn't a better script than La, La. I mean, there's so many movies that were so well written. Let's also remember. <clears throat> This is the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, and they are not the best barometer, to me, in my opinion, for um, what deserves to win and what doesn't win. Isabella Schumpert is not going to be nominated in the Oscars. I would put money on it that oh. she will not be nominated. Elle will be nominated. No, Elle can't be nominated. Why? It's disqualified. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, and, she will and, not be nominated. And, and then, then she won't be nominated. Another interesting, for another interesting, stupid Oscar thing. Isn't is it true that Moonlight can't be nominated for adapted screenplay? That, no, that was only for the no the WGA. That was for the WGA, and they considered WGA considered, which is the Writers Guild, considered Moonlight an original screenplay because the play that Moonlight is based on was, was never, never produced, which is. Dumb, and it is. And it is very, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the Oscars said no. It's okay. adapted from okay. something. So yeah. likely, Moonlight and La La Land are going to be split up in those categories. Oh yeah. so yes, that, yes, that'll yes, yes. be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, there's no chance that La La Land doesn't get nominated for best screenplay at the Oscars, right? I don't know. I I honestly is it nominated? I'm sorry. 
I miss, must have missed it. Is it nominated at the WGA? La La Land? Uh, I believe so, yes. <clears throat> um, well, because, you know, writers vote for writers. Right. So, it was a posi- yeah, it will probably be nominated. But then again, they haven't gotten their first ballots yet, I don't think. When do they announce it? Is it Monday? The Oscars? It's coming soon, right? The Oscars yeah. is the 24th. Oh, wow. Much later than I thought. Yeah. Um. Um. Right. So... They haven't gotten their nominations yet, and for some reason, or their ballots yet, and for some reason, there's like this weird backlash against La La Land all of a sudden because it won so much. Now, it, which always happens to right, movies, right. it's just like it does well, and it's like, oh, no, it shouldn't do well. It's you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. But, but um, we're also going to see La La Land not be nominated at the SAG for ensemble, um, which Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are both nominated. But it's not nominated for the big award of the night. Hmm. It's not really an ensemble film. No, it's not. Well, at all. But it is. Yeah. But it's two, two people, and that's why you know what I mean. There's like, really it, no one else. Yeah, though, besides John why, Legend, yeah. there's no one else that they talk. That's to. interesting. Her roommates are like non-existent in that movie. Um, but give it a screenplay because those characters are really yeah. well developed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it, I think I would give it the screenplay over like the the structure and the. Um, I guess just the story of it more than the dialogue or anything or characters like you say yeah. that's why I would disagree with it being nominated because yeah. um, yeah. it doesn't fill, fit those um, anything else surprise I mean you know not, I don't know like to me like La La Land winning best comedy or musical you know I feel like every time they get a musical in there <laughs> that's good yeah it's gonna win right yeah, I mean I don't it's know the musical you it's, the one, it's that. a different one yeah. um and I'm glad Moonlight won for best drama, and I I agree with that. I think it's still one of the most impressive and and uh, impactful films for me personally this year. Wait, so why isn't Elle eligible as a foreign picture? I know that I I know that it's not eligible. I don't know why exactly. I don't know if it's because it just didn't qualify the like, you know, like how they narrow they the like narrow it down like. Like the documentaries like started with like a pool of sixty, then it oh, got yeah. narrowed down to like fifteen. I didn't know that's how it worked for the f- foreign films. I, I don't I don't know if that's the same way it works, but I know, I know it, I know it cannot be nominated right. for for foreign. So then, wouldn't that then make her ineligible? No, she can be nominated for actress. Just like um, what's her name for um Amour a few years ago, that French actress uh, yeah. snuck in, but that was also nominated. Uh, for best foreign, that was nominated. No, that, yeah, it was nominated for foreign and best and, picture. And best picture, and best picture yes. which I never saw. I mean, L can still be nominated for best sad. picture, <laughs> but it just can't be nominated for best foreign film. That's whatever, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> if you're asking me why the Oscars does certain but, thing, but, I have no fucking idea. Yeah, but I but to go on like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, we I've mentioned it before. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but there. I mean, they're foreign press, so they're they like foreign films. That's why I think Isabel Schumpert, Huppert, Huppert. I don't know. I haven't Huppert. seen it enough. Uh, Isabel Huppert won, and that's why I think Aaron Taylor Johnson won because they fucking love Tom Ford. They're like obsessed with Tom Ford. Well, and we can see in the BAFTAs nominations uh, all that love for nocturnal animals too. Yeah, and it's just a fucking good movie too. I haven't seen it. Yet. <laughs> Um, people lo- like they do love Tom Ford, especially at these events. 
I mean, he's given free advice. <laughs> Did you see the shot of of him when I don't know who he was talking to, but they like, you know how they like shoot like people, and there was one of him. He was talking to somebody. You just see him like adjusting someone's dress like by, <laughs> by a table. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, it's like uh, don't talk to him. He's just gonna pick something out. <laughs> oh, he's such a perfectionist. That's great. Um. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the production of the whole thing and the speeches and and the hoopla. Which the Golden Globes seems to be livelier than the Oscars in a lot of ways. Usually, yeah, it's because they're drinking. A lot of drinking going on. Yeah. Um, be honest. Before this podcast, I never watched the Golden Globes, but uh, I'm glad I did. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, I felt like Jimmy Fallon's reviews were were medium to to not enjoyable at all from a lot of people um which to me i, I don't know I, I told you guys in the group chat that it just seemed like he just after the opening which i didn't see live i watched it later after the opening is like he just wasn't there i mean he didn't really come out and do anything or say anything um he's not the type of comedian that tells jokes i mean he started that way as like on weekend update and on snl and uh but he's always been He's always come across to me as like more of a, you know, very active. He's a variety like, show yeah, guy. Yeah, variety show, physical comedian. Right. I, I'm not a fan of his comedy, and I don't know a lot of people who are fans of his comedy. To be totally but where, honest, how did that happen? Where did when did I think they just got tired of his Fallon? like? Wow, it's great. All right, cool. Right, which which <laughs> Justin Timberlake made fun of, and it's yeah. funny. I've yeah. been saying for years that I don't find him funny at all. And everyone's like, no, his show's great. I appreciate the the variety show aspect of his show. And, uh, you know, him and James Corden both, I think, have this. You know, I watched James Corden and uh, uh, Doogie Howser. What's his name? Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, they, did a, they did this Broadway uh, battle the other day. It's stupid. It's not funny. But I enjoy it a lot. And I say that because... Jimmy Fallon does the same shit, and I really, really, I, I couldn't stop watching the opening number that they did for La La Land. I was extremely impressed by, they replicated uh, Another Day of Sun with a bunch Joke of actors lyrics. and shit from, yeah. from the Golden Globes, which is super, from a production standpoint, it was like crazy impressive. They turned it around that quickly, they got everyone there to like sing it, and to dance yeah, it, right? and to lip sync it, like that uh, was Nicole crazy. Nicole Kidman, that was weird. Yeah, it was awesome. Um... um so I was impressed by that. I mean, yeah, other than that, he was basically not in it. I was really convinced. Did you see his like opening monologue too? Yeah, so his teleprompter broke and everyone gave him shit for it, which that's like Well, yeah, like you don't like know your material. No. Been- oh come on. <laughs> no, Colin, you don't know your the material. The guy is so I'm it's sorry. too much. It's too much because he had. He also has his show going yeah, on. It'd be so way too hard busy. to remember your monologue. Oh, I'm sorry. That's your fucking job. Huh. <laughs> I know, but not everyone is like, like you know. And look, I will never forgive Jimmy Fallon for petting Donald Trump. And I know he like loves everybody, and he's like, he's, he's too nice. He's That's too my nice. problem. But like, not every late night talk show host has to be Walter Cronkite, and not every late late show talk show host, which he wasn't. But you know what I'm saying, it has to be. You know, I'm, I don't know who's really good at improvising. Stephen Colbert anymore I guess Stephen Colbert right I don't know I mean he doesn't have to it's not his job to like make shit up on the spot someone else messed up and somehow he's taking the blame for it 
yes and no, but he still had material though. That's what confused me. Like that whole like Chris Rock bit in his monologue, which I he was like he imitated Chris Rock hosting the Golden Globes for like a minute and a half, which was very confusing to me. It was weird. I'm like, why don't we just get fucking Chris Rock to do this? <laughs> it was strange, but uh, it would be very difficult to memorize a monologue on that amount of time because they write you, that show the week like the week yeah, before. It's, it's, but you rehearse it, and I mean, I for me, like when I did theater, like. You rehearse it twice and you kind of know like what you're doing. You might not get it word for word, but like if I rehearse like a joke where I make fun of Kale twice, I know the joke. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, like I have to talk to Kale about, you know, him wearing hats and his hair being messy. Like, I'll remember that. And that's like, why people <laughs> and that's why people who like him who read teleprompters do it. So you can't tell the reading because they do know it and they, you know, it's peripheral. They see it and they keep going. I, I'm just saying it's like I think although I think huge, when, that's a huge mistake yeah, on someone else's. I think part. when you're up there and it's working and then it just stops, that really throws you for a loop. And then you start to realize, oh, I'm standing in front of pretty much everyone famous i mean i know there are actors and they're supposed to do this but that's still nerve-wracking i mean you would if you stood up in front of all your peers like and had to perform for them that'd be pretty but he was also on snl which is notorious for changing things last minute yeah but also on snl they never go off tele they never go off cue cards cue cards yeah it's just reading like that's why they use cue cards and not teleprompters (laughs) right that's true (laughs) but um Whatever he's not the greatest host. There's no question. No, they I mean, I, I wouldn't want him to host the Oscars. And, no, not at all. And it's extremely hard. You're coming off of a, I think it's a year after Ricky Gervais, totally different style of hosting. And then you had Tina and Amy do it for all those years, also a totally different style of hosting. And Ricky did it before Tina and Amy right. too. And then you have, you know, nice guy Jimmy Fallon. Right, you get people that are dicks, and then Jimmy Fallon basically. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. You mean people that are funny, and then Jimmy <laughs> no, I well, I, that's what makes me happy to see Jimmy Kimmel, so many Jimmys, Jimmy Kimmel do um, the Oscars because he's not like he's funny. He yeah. can bite really hard, and I just have a feeling he's gonna bring it. So I also don't buy right. that that teleprompter thing was actually real. I almost you, you think, think he it, like did it as a bit. I almost think you're a teleprompter a truther. I am. You know, I don't have. You know what? Okay, so you know what I don't think was real. Everyone's fucking big gray beards. How did every male in that building have beards? A big, are in man? Ha, yeah, but they all had big bushy beards for the Golden Globes that were also gray. Everyone of all ages, everyone had a gray beard. Did you say like when we were watching girls? It looks like he dipped his beard. Yeah, it's just like ridiculous. Mel Gibson has a really impressive beard. We are going to look back at, there's no question in my mind, we are going to look back at this time 10 years from now and be like, why did we all look so dumb? And I'm a beard guy. I always have facial hair. But not a little tipped gray beard that I just couldn't, it's like. Yeah, dyed it looked like. It it literally seemed like everyone was in on something. That's that's how many gray beards there were. Go back and watch the show. It's crazy. Well, what's weird is they're all not working. Like. Normally or, you grow they're all, or they're all preparing for roles preparing where they're, for they're roles. competing with the Revenant. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that could be it. I don't. Yeah. Maybe they're all they're, they're all in a beard. Um, what about the speeches, guys? The speeches. Are you are you sick of this? The whole 
I, I'm sick of no one can say anything perfect. Like everyone goes up there and says a thank you speech, their their, their uh, award, and it seems like, and this is Golden Globes, uh, yeah. Oscars, SAG, whatever. And there's a there's a internet worth of scrutiny out there for yeah. everyone's every every syllable that they say. Yeah, even Ryan Gosling, where he he said something really <laughs> nice to about his wife uh, Eva Mendez, and people were still like, "Wow, it takes sure takes quite the husband to be acting in a movie." It's like, yeah, he addressed that, and while while uh, while she was taking shit. care of yeah, while she was taking care of their kids, and her brother died, real real selfless, Ryan. It's like, yeah, that's what he said in the thing. He he was thanking her because. You know, he got to dance around while she dealt with some really hard stuff. <laughs> so. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. That's how he put it. I, uh, Colin, what did you what did you think of of the speeches? I mean, is is there what do you, what is the ideal thank you speech? I, I just as we as we get towards the Oscars here, when you go up there, what do you do to not screw up you, for the internet public? You become British. Is that is that what because it is? every Brit ever <laughs> delivers an. Impressive speech. Impressive, sure, but Tom Hiddleston, who attempted to explain how he does so much work for UNICEF, which is awesome, and he is, a, a, I mean, you go on his Facebook and Twitter, that's all he seems to do in his spare time is work for UNICEF, and he explained that he was talking to people in whatever village he was working in, and uh, he kind of had this long-winded rambling story. Mitch, did you see it? I did not, but I heard like that. Yeah, go. Well, and basically, he says that some people came up to him and said that they got to watch the night manager during a, a period of, I think it was wartime or something, where they really couldn't leave the house as much, and uh, they wanted to thank him for that. And you know, Tom Hiddleston's point was this is a TV show about uh, arms dealers, and it's a real issue, and blah, blah blah blah. And this is how I realized it. But everyone took that story as. Tom Hiddleston saving the day with his acting to these people that yeah. are getting bombed on. And that wasn't his point. We all know that's not his point. Yeah. Well, whose fault is this? Is it people's speeches' fault or is it just people are idiots' fault? People are idiots. Okay, so like, how do we correct that? I, we can't correct don't that. Correct I'm, so, that. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. I'm, I, it's, it's like. Kelly, you just need to be like me. You need to not read what anyone says. <laughs> Get off Twitter. Let me. I, I know. I I, I want to get off Twitter, but it, it is it is also it's a, the only a opinion that matters is your opinion. Come on. Sure. <laughs> Even Damien Chazelle, who had two opportunities to go up there, you think you have two opportunities. The second time, what do you? I don't understand when you go up one time and you thank your list of people. What What do you have to say when you go up a second time? <laughs> Damien Chazelle trying to do the right thing. And thank extra crew that is not normally thanked in a Oscar or Golden Globe speech. Here's here's what he said. Let me hopefully you guys can hear this. I uh, I also have to give a special shout out to my first AD Peter Cohn, who uh, who um, helped me shut down a freeway to shoot a big dance number in the middle of a heat wave and uh, and forgave me. So thank you, Peter. Which is great. He's thanking his first AD, who are, they are the people that they're the master of the set on a daily basis. It's one of the most stressful jobs in it's any like, terms of it's en- like entertainment. The, like the babysitter, yeah, the it, daycare it's a center. Crazy <laughs> stressful job. And he thanked the first AD for shutting down a freeway for him, when that was most definitely the location manager's job and the location department's job. 
even there, and I don't want to over-scrutinize, but everyone's freaking out about Tom Hiddleston, and you couldn't thank the location <laughs> manager. <laughs> Not trying to over-scrutinize. I do want to, on a similar note, Billy Bob Thornton got up there and said this. But uh, on a serious note, I'd really like to accept this award uh, in memory of Luke Scott, a PA on Goliath, uh, who left us this last year, and uh, he was one of those guys who knew what he was doing, and I loved him. So uh, That is fucking awesome. Billy Bob Thornton won the night. I know Mill Street, and we'll get to her in a second. She was great, but Billy Bob Thornton dedicated his award to a PA. Did that PA die? A PA passed, there was a PA who passed away. But, you know, it's a reminder to, to all the struggling PAs in this world. There's a million of them that people bust, notice. Their, bust their fucking ass. That people do notice. Billy Bob Thornton knew that guy's name and because you, they do. You, you are a part of the production as a PA. And it's, it's sad that because this person passed away that is probably why it was brought up in this speech. But it's a good reminder that, that your hard work is noticed when you're a PA. That's my that's my rant on speeches. But Meryl Streep, the speech, Colin, the Streep, the Streep speech, <laughs> the Streech. Stick to movies. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, what, what 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 do I say about that? That hasn't been said online already. I mean, I I liked it because. It said a lot of the things that I believe in. And I think the main sentiment of it was we had to treat people with more respect and more kindness. And right now we have someone that's not doing that. And that's dangerous because we he is a reflection of us. We are a reflection of him. Uh, I I think all that what she said was was, was so powerful and so poignant. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, she, did she come off sometimes as a little pretentious? Yeah, absolutely. But um, she's Meryl Streep. She's, she's Meryl Streep. One of the best actors of our generation. <laughs> like, excuse me. Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> the but, most pretentious position. Yeah, generation. yeah. I'm kidding. It's, that's but a, like that's a cheeky joke. Her. <laughs> I mean, her experience that's is, Sean Penn actually. is a lot different than my, yeah than <laughs> the, and, yeah. Uh, her Sorry. experience is a lot different than you know my experience, and you know vice versa, um, is different than you know someone else in the world. But um, I I thought it was extremely moving and powerful, and a, a great call to action. And um, the national um like response the that and but the like national society for journalistic you know practice or something received. Um, more donations uh, the following day after the speech than it ever has. So, um, mm-hmm. sweet. I mean, I'm, I agree with you. Let her do what she's, I mean, look, there's no, I used to, you know, I, I, even when I agree with, with uh, celebrities, I, I didn't like how the Oscars turns into everyone goes up there trying to one up in, in a social commentary speech. You're going to get it this year. For sure. But you know what? This year, I don't give a shit because, you know. People need all, to speak up. People I mean, need to speak up. And obviously, this is the most oversaid thing in the in the world right now about this topic. But, you know, look, we had, we elected 
a, uh, a celebrity apprentice host to be the president. Yeah. So these, these actors and actresses have as much right to talk politics as he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was the one thing that was so annoying is every whenever this happens, Stick and, to and a, yeah, and a an actor, or actress, or filmmaker, or artist speaks up about something, it is they his opinion immediately has to be. Uh, or his or her opinion immediately has to be discredited because they're an artist and they've never worked a hard day's work in their life, which is fucking bullshit. Because if you know anybody who works in films or TV, you work, you know, you worked like almost 20 hour days at some, sometimes that's like to say that you don't know hard days work and you, you're out of touch with hardworking people is like so ignorant and frustrating. Yeah, it's crazy. And to like, uh, he was a celebrity who got involved in politics because he thought the president wasn't an American right. and decided to speak up on it. You didn't hear anybody saying, "Oh, just stick to stick to TV, Donald." You know, stick to TV. <laughs> I, I, I did say that, <laughs> <laughs> right? No. But you know that that I get so like frustrated and to say like that they're out of touch. Like, where do you think they started from? I mean, look, I just dogged acting and actresses right now with my little pretentious comment. But the reality is, it is not easy to be a film actor or actress. I mean, it's a crazy amount of stress and work and tireless night. I mean, it's it's insane. You got 70 to 200 people on set staring at you, and they're waiting to get their day done because if you screw up, we lose money, we lose time. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. And then when you're done with the project, you have to listen to maybe like 50% of the people who view it say you suck. Right. <laughs> like, like us. <laughs> so, yeah. But fuck football, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing I yes. was pretty annoyed yes. with. Yes. It's like, okay. You didn't have to like fucking rip on things other people All right. enjoy. And Here's like- how she's going to mend this. She's going to uh, star in a film about MMA where she's a retired uh, boxer who wants a female boxer who wants yeah. to get into MMA and Ronda Rousey is the is the, the actress in this movie because she wants to be an actress and she's an MMA fighter and it's directed by Clint Eastwood who probably doesn't agree with her politically this is going to be this big melting pot of ideas and, and uh, contradictions and it's going to win an Oscar acting I'm looking for a pun name <laughs> for a title I can't get to it okay maybe we should recover re- re- with our globs yeah yes Yes. Golden shower jokes, anyone? Nah, okay. I don't really have time for that. <laughs> Quickly, BAFTA? BAFTA. Um, was, Which sounds like an onomatopoeia, but is actually an award show in England. Yeah, the British uh, <laughs> Academy Film Awards. Um, film and television. British Academy Film and Television Awards. Oh, I thought um, the A was something else. But um, yeah, those Acting came out this year, and um, well, did they come out yesterday or today? Asshole, <laughs> B- British asshole awards. <laughs> um, <laughs> goes to the best butt scene on screen. Mm. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, La La Land, of course, led uh, with the most nominations, but surprise, Arrival. And Nocturnal Animals right behind. Really? Um, is far Arrival, as huh? Arrival and um, um, Nocturnal Animals. So for best uh, film, we got Arrival, I, Daniel Blake, which I believe won the can. 
this past year. Uh, La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight, all nominated for Best Film. Uh, director, we got Denis Villeneuve for Arrival, Ken Lach for I, Daniel Blake, Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Kenneth Lagergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Tom Ford for Nocturnal Animals for a Best Director. Uh, actress, we got Amy Adams for Arrival, Natalie Portman for uh, Jackie, Emma Stone for La La Land, Emily Blunt for Girl on the Train, and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins. Actor, we got uh, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw Ridge, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea, Jake Gyllenhaal for Nocturnal Animals, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, and Viggo Mortensen, Captain Fantastic. I had to see that. Supporting actor, Mahershala Ali, Jeff Bridges, uh, Hugh Grant for Florence Foster Jenkins, uh, Dev Patel for Lion, and um, Aaron Taylor Johnson for Nocturnal Animals. And then on the supporting actress side, we got Nicole Kidman for Lion, Viola Davis for Fences, Naomi Harris for Moonlight, Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea, and Haley Squires for I, Daniel Blake. And then in a lot of the um, the technical categories like cinematography, editing, hair and makeup, um, it's a lot of repeats for like Nocturnal Animals, mm-hmm. La La Land, Arrival, uh, Hell or High Water, all kind of going yeah. for those technical Did you awards. say Denzel Washington was nominated for Best Actor? Denzel is not nominated ah. for Best Actor. Hmm. The kind of controversy with it, which I guess is a controversy, though I don't think so, was that there was no... Uh, people of uh, color nominated for lead actor, lead actress, or director, which basically meant they didn't nominate Denzel or Barry Perry Jenkins. Jenkins right. <laughs> Interesting. Um, man, Meryl Streep better not fucking win because she's going to go up there and go off on Brexit. <laughs> 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 um, Do they even attend that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um do we consider Meryl Streep now um, another dark horse after the Golden Globes? For no. president? Well, <laughs> for president, number one, but for an Academy Award nomination for Florence Foster Jenkins no, now. I don't think so. Do people respect her speech because so they, much? They think that, was that it? Was that, that they it nominated her for actress? Hey. Man, I would. Now you're an Academy Award truther. Hey. I'm just saying, it's, it wouldn't be shocking. Hey, if Crash could win, anything could happen. <laughs> What's your, any, what's your biggest <laughs> takeaway from just is, is Tom Ford uh, stealing the show? Is that what's, is that a big thing there? The biggest takeaway for me is, is that Nocturnal Animals got so much love. Do you I think mean, there's there's a is that is that telling for the Oscars? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, we'll see more when the Guild nominations come up. I mean, it did get a Writers Guild um, nomination for his screenplay. It uh, didn't get the uh, Producers Guild, but um, it is it's impeccably designed. It's Tom Ford. Hello. So right. I mean, the production design is great. The costumes great. The makeup and hair is yeah, yeah. is stunning. Yeah. Um, cinematography is really great. The music is fantastic. I mean, it's a really good movie. Um, it's violent and it's a little uncomfortable at times, which I think why some people are kind of shying away from it. Um, what what what's going to creep into the, what movies are going to creep into the Oscar nominees that haven't been in Golden Globes or BAFTA? I do think Silence is and that's sneak. eligible, right? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do think Silence will sneak in there for a lot of stuff. Or here's the thing: See, I mean, could... I'm, I'm wondering about Andrew Garfield and uh, uh, Kylo Ren, uh, Adam Driver. <laughs> I mean, are they? They're not going to. Uh, it seems from the trailer like this is Oscar bait acting. 
Adam Driver is getting more love for um, Patterson, Patterson uh, his Jim Jarmusch movie, right. and Andrew Garfield is getting more attention for Hacksaw Ridge. Right. Um, Interesting. But he could be a supporting role for pass or for, for what is it called? Silence. Silence. Passengers. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, it's getting late here. But uh, <laughs> no, I think we'll see. I I do think, especially with Silence opening. Before the final ballots are due this weekend, and not the ba- not, it, silence is opening this weekend, the final ballots aren't due this weekend. Um, more people will see it. I mean, I hear it's a very challenging film. It's two hours and forty five minutes about you know religion and country and and violence. Long movies, man. Movie violence, length, right? Violence uh, set pieces. Fences that, was long enough that you come to expect from Scorsese. But, you know what else was long? College football national championship. That was a long fuck football. Game. Why yeah. fuck football? Do they not realize people work on Tuesdays? Yeah, Why I is wish that game so late. Work on Tuesdays. I work on Tuesdays. I feel like I don't I'm work not on working. Well, I'm excited to see where the Oscars are going to go from here, and I am excited to see Silence and Nocturnal Animals. We just, we got some catching up to do. And Patterson. And Patterson. And Lion. And Lion. And L. And L. Really There's a lot of movies still to so see. I just how does this? I don't even know how. I, don't, I can't how, see them all. How do you watch? I don't know how people have time for TV shows because the, the movies take so much <laughs> right. time. Um, well, they're not recording a podcast. <laughs> right, we're not recording a podcast. Let's get into uh, two films this week, though, that will probably... Make, they might have... They might. We don't know. They might have some Oscar consideration, meaning Moana might. And Fences. I think Fences will. No, I mean, I'm, I'm saying Fences for sure. Moana might. Oh, well, yeah. Definitely. Anime, what, definitely. Animated it's, film. For song, yes. probably. And animated film. Yeah, so well, definitely. That's definite, is I it? I think it is. For animated? Definite. What? There's usually... Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> There's five dominators. Nominees, not always. Yes, always, always, for, always. In the history of the nominations, I'm pretty sure the only one that they do short nominees are for makeup and hair and sound too. No, they yeah, do five. No, I've seen just like three for sound before. That's fucked up. Okay, let's go to the. I'm picking a random year. 1999 Academy Awards. It was the 71st. Who, wait, who? Was the 71st. Let's guess. Wait, let's guess who won an animated feature in 99. 99 Lion King. No, no that was, was like 93. Was 96 was 90, M- Mulan. I'm gonna say Mulan. Or Her- Hercules. By the way, Lion King did not win Best Animated Feature because it was not a category when Lion King came out. Right. And then when it came out, they said, hey, maybe we should make this a category. It was that for Toy Story. Um, <laughs> was 99 Toy 90- Story then? No, ni- that was like 93, 94. No. 95. Yes, 95. 99 had to have been. Holy shit. Like Tarzan. Maybe there wasn't. When did this. So wow! You're welcome. You started in 2000. That oh, um, really? That that category. You're what was the first one? Me. Shrek. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Shrek was great. Come on, Shrek what was great. <laughs> Perfect animated movie. Yeah, you're right. I just think of all the films. And there were only two other nominations uh-huh. in that category, and there were frequently only three. Yeah, I see that. But not in the past few years. All right, either. you're right because animation is it's, killing it. Yeah. All right, so Moana is probably going to be nominated for Oscar. Let's talk about Moana. Okay. Uh, this is not Pixar. This is Disney Animation, which is a small, slight distinction there. I guess a thin line. Um, Lin Manuel Miranda, music, uh, and Mark Mancina, composer. Um, we have uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Uh, this is a film about. Um, I would say it's about finding your way and finding I your mean, purpose in the world. Yes, and, of course. Um, 
But on a more surface level, it's about a princess, a Hawaiian princess who leaves her island to to try and save it, to bring it back to uh, fruitfulness. Exactly. Um, musical. Uh, Proper which musical. Is, which is usual distinction from Pixar. It's basically like that's what it is. Um, let's go around with our, since we got to get to fences as well, let's go around with our initial thoughts. Uh, Callan, Moana, you uh, saw it and told us we need to see it for sure. And Mitch, you've been wanting to see it. Yeah, for and a long I finally did, yeah. Colin, what did you think of Moana? I loved Moana. Uh, I thought it was, one, animated just beautifully, like breathtaking animation, especially the water. It's right. just like so stunning. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering Moana's face, though, for some reason. She looks Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think she she looks pretty generic, but... That's racist. <laughs> Generic princess, big eyes. But um, the animation was stunning. Beautiful colors. Um, and then I mean, I love the music. I walked out of that theater humming the main tunes of the of the of the musical, and I think it's um really great. You know messages of sustainability and conservation that's thrown in there and um it's a it, to me it's a proper disney musical um right up there fits in line with mulan and pocahontas um as far as i think like a classic disney animated movie in quality or like in memory like you're, you're saying con- it's up there in content and in- quality i mean i wouldn't put it up there like with beauty and the beast and Lion King. It's not like, is it like I'm just curious. Is but like, is it like your top seven? It would make if I was making a top ten Disney musicals? animated films, Moana would be in there. Without, I think so. Without Wait, question. Top fifty. Ten. <laughs> top fifty. I think there are fifty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I would say yeah. I I was really moved by this film, and the animation was beautiful. Like the musical bits. Um, the song "You're Welcome" that he sings, like his his Maui's uh, "You're Welcome" song, had how it went into that really cool, like almost two D animation style mm-hmm. at times. So it was like, oh man, I, I'm I always say it, but like animation, you have to see on the big screen. It's not worth like pulling up on your own TV. It's just not worth it. I, mean, I think that's a, another. I mean, they're kids' movies for sure, and that's why they do well. But I, I think another reason is like your big blockbuster action movie. You're People are drawn to go see animation <clears throat> movie theaters, and, and animations are drawn for people to go <laughs> see them. <laughs> um, I was moved. I was I was moved by this film. I liked it a lot. I found I, I found in the weeks since I've saw it, I've, it's kind of been forgetful. I'm not really thinking about it. It's not resonating with me a lot. The music isn't resonating with me that much. I, a couple songs are "You're Welcome" was great, and the the title song, which I can't remember. I can hum it. I just can't. The lyrics aren't resonating with me, I guess. I don't know. The away from here one? I don't know. The, no the one titles. knows how far I'll go. Yeah. Oh, there's that da, one, too. Da, 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 oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's I great, love it. Great melody. I just You'll can't remember the song. So I'm finding it a little bit forgetful. I don't know. I don't know. In terms of, in terms of top <laughs> 10 Disney animated musical movies, whatever, I don't know if I would put it in there, but it's enjoyable. I loved it. The animation's fantastic. The, um, the, the like we said this with Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. The water, it's just crazy. It's so much better than Finding Dory, even. And I, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's, 
I know there are two different aspects of Disney there at work, but man, water is not <laughs> easy to do. It's crazy no, how it's realistic. Really hard Almost where it's like, are they motion capturing water? That's that very first scene when she's a little kid and like walks onto the beach yeah, and that, that water awesome. is like going up against the sun. My jaw was literally open. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Like, it was I was awesome. like, that is so impressive. I, I wonder if they're dropping little things in the water and <laughs> and splashing and. Hmm. Maybe I'm sure there's just a lot of a lot of code involved in getting that water to ones and look. zeros. Yeah, lots of ones and zeros. Um, yeah, that like the end scene when the the waters part for that one moment that looked fucking incredible. It's just like I I've, I've never seen like animation like that before, and um, it was just such a warm looking film too. Like really, really color nice. is back, man. Yeah. Color is in. Very colorful film. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Especially the shit with, uh, was it Jermaine? Mm-hmm. Jermaine yeah. Clement. Jermaine. Shiny. Uh, <clears throat> I really like that. That whole shit under the water is awesome. Like so many different, because then it like switches. Neon black neon lights. Too. Yeah. But um, awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Loved it. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. See, yeah. my I really liked it too. My um, girlfriend was saying that she's like, I kind of... I was kind of getting bored at that point. Like that's that scene just didn't resonate with me. I was like, yeah. I mean, I can see like how that would be the case because it's a very dark moment. But I, I loved it. If I think he, he's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I, I yeah, it kind of to me like I can definitely see how that how that that whole scene is kind of a departure from. I mean, I, th- I think there's two. Which my favorite scene was the Mad Mad Max. You know, throw like coconut guys. Like, it that was, was just cool, like yeah. such like Mad Max yeah, today. Was, oh yeah, that but, was great. Uh, <laughs> a little coconut. <laughs> but um, that that whole sequence that. underwater, uh, to me, I think that like follows like this Disney arc of, you know, we have to we go dark. We get. I mean, he's kind of like the villain for a little bit, so it's like his villain song, in in like the villain's lair. And I mean, that's that's very Disney mm-hmm. um, to do that. So I thought that you know it flowed well for me. But it's stylistically, it's a little bit of a departure. Yeah, and I wish though, because it was the funniest part of the movie, and I, I think I told you this, Colin, that I found that the movie was surprisingly not that fun. Like I wasn't laughing a lot, and I, I, I'm like a like a four year old in my head, so I, I usually laugh at these kids' movies. Like I'm, you know, it mm-hmm. gets to me when a little pig starts talking or something, which I was surprised that this pig in this movie has no role. Yeah, but the chicken, the chicken did. Chicken does. Yeah, but what was that? The pig had a lot. They, of, there's a lot of potential with that yeah. pig. Yeah, they did establish the pig, that the pig was terrified of water. But so. also, the pig is like the pig's been in all the marketing and shit. Mm-hmm. And hey, man, weird, gotta get those kids weird. to come and watch the movie. Was, um, yeah, you get me. That's why I went. Yeah, um, I, 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 thought I, were, I just didn't find it as funny, and I wanted, I wanted more. Like if Jermaine, that character, was a bigger part, I feel like it would have been. More. Did you like the song? <laughs> he was he was like funny to the to the point where like it made everything else seem less funny too. I guess yeah. I I don't know I I thought Dwayne Johnson did a good job and with humor. Um, I thought this one girl next to me was just cracking up during the scene where um, oh, I forgot where uh, I forget who it is the water. The water. I know yeah. that sounds weird, but the water like picks up that blow dart and gets him and like has him pass out. She was giggling for like a minute straight, and it was like <laughs> really like refreshing. It's like oh, it's like <laughs> you go into the water is warm, and he's yeah. like the water's cold. Yeah, it's like oh, it's getting warmer. He's 
ah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> but that was fun. I laughed. Yeah, yeah and the grandma was funny too, and also very emotional moment. Um, Another classic. Yeah. Disney. There were there are a lot of lines of dialogue in there too that I laughed out loud at, like the in the song "You're Welcome." It's a, it's a funny song when he's like, "I'm a pretty like demi guy" or something. It's like they're talking about demigods. That was pretty good. I don't know. I I I thought it was pretty funny. I did too. I was in the theater. I went on a Monday uh, early morning, like 11 a.m. Um, to the MJR, and it was it was sold out. Uh, so tons of kids here, and this was the week of. They must like, still be out. out when they were on break still. Um, and it was great. Luckily, I wasn't sitting next to any uh, children, but I could hear them, you know, as the laughter, which was nice. Yes. Um, I loved in particular... Um, the Joseph Campbell mythic uh, aspects of this film where like myth and storytelling affects cultures, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, and the, and the visual representation of this shit with literally like mother nature, which is a huge um, global, you know, you see that in all different kinds of cultures throughout time uh, imagery. And uh, like that was fun for me to watch, and I, I think they did a really good job of, of showing how like you know it's a fantasy movie and shit, but this is how certain parts of the world would would view it, yeah. stuff and, and 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 tell these stories from generation to generation about someone like Moana, right, uh, doing this great deed to save uh, their island. I, I love that. I, I've you know every movie has this mythic. Every movie and every Disney movie, especially, has this mythic quality to it but this was really in your face about it even mm-hmm. to the point where she's literally singing a song about how she's being held back and wants to go out into the world yeah. and i can't get off the island i mean it's, it's not subtle it's a hawaiian fairy tale right you know? and I, it's it was cool though it was really interesting to see that come out visually more than anything um, mm-hmm. not since lilo and stitch did we learn so much about the hawaiian people <laughs> through, and, and, through and, disney and what do we think about of all that i mean yeah. I oh I loved it. I loved the imagery of the and the storytelling behind like the characters of like the sea and the character of the um I can't remember the names, but the the mother island who lost her heart. Tahiti or Tahiti. Tafiti. Tafiti. Yeah. Tafiti. Tahiti. Tahiti. Tafiti. And um I love the animation of that. I loved like you know, it that's those are the stories you hear of like, oh, well, you know, we get all this because Mother Earth. Right. And it, yeah, cool. I loved it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and yet there's always a hero involved who teams up with, you know, a Hercules type. A God, yeah. Yeah, a Hercules type character and they save things. <laughs> I, I, to, to me, <clears throat> it's... I I can't recognize. Sorry, <laughs> it took a while to get that out. I I recognize it, but I don't think I appreciate it as much as I should. The fact that is this the first Disney movie where there is no white people in it? Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I, well, I mean, you know, what's yeah. that in Mulan? I mean, what's that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. But um, a, a culture that's not represented, and from what I was reading about people from that culture, they said it was very um, 
respectful and it was pretty accurate, accurate. Too, to like the mythology of Maui and stuff. And I'll I'll never understand like what it was like you know to see as a kid to see a movie um, where you know where I was like I mean I I, I do I I understand that because I am white and when I saw animated films I saw white people on screen. Yeah. Um, but the importance that it would be if you are a young Pacific Islander to see this movie mm-hmm. when you're young and to to have you represented it I think is extremely ballsy by Disney and important that they did that and uh, I can't praise them enough for doing that yeah it's very cool um, it's definitely definitely way different than like Frozen um, <laughs> or something yeah. that, you know you know not to not knock that because there's white people in it but just you know you can it's it, we're at a point I think where everyone just notices it mm-hmm. either way um do That's you why think, I like Lilo and Stitch so much. Do you think... <laughs> I mean, look, it's an animated Disney movie. It's doing well. It's not blowing up like Finding Dory or Zootopia. Do you think there's an aspect to what you just said that's hindering its box office? Yes, um, I do. I mean, I do. I don't I don't know how... I don't know if it's by millions of dollars. I don't know if you can really measure it in hundreds of millions, but... I don't think it's been advertised very well, personally. Not enough pig. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, yeah, I just don't. <laughs> well, I think like. Considering it. Yeah. I think I, I just. I'm trying to think of like other properties out right now for kids. Sing. That, like sing. Yeah. And like, you know, what do they want to see? Dancing funny things? Or do they want to see like, you know a story that looks like it's about adventure and I'm sorry, but kids are becoming less and less, you know, mm. yeah, careful. Yeah. Kids don't underestimate the younger generation. I totally understand that we had dumb shit too, but I feel like the amount of dumb shit that is out right now is, I mean, I feel like all we had to watch for animated films was Disney and those films tend to have a higher bar of, of, you know, quality than what we're facing today where we get things like trolls and sing and you know not that storks was bad but it looked like a kid you know a dumb kids movie and it just it's an oversaturation of color and fart jokes like i don't know if anybody saw the trailer for the boss baby or baby boss I was about to lose my shit. <laughs> I was about to start screaming. Well, well, it's like, how is this being made? Well, first off, is um, Sing beating this movie? I don't think so. But it, but Moana's but, been out longer right. than Sing has been. I mean, I, I clearly the argument would be, well, the argument would be also that it is taking away from Moana. I, Mitch, you know what there's more of in Sing than there is Moana? Uh, pop songs pigs pigs um <laughs> as of now uh moana has 226 million domestic and sing has 217 okay so. and that's with a, moana has but a month on maybe it it's so just the time of the year as yeah, well yeah i mean well we see a lot of mo- kids see a lot of movies during the holidays they're off true on breaks there was moana came out on thanksgiving you have thanksgiving break yeah you have christmas and you know, in winter break. Yeah. Maybe we're just not watching the right channels. That That's also true. I mean, 
I, I don't have cable, but, so I, I never see advertisements. But I can only imagine that if you if have I a kid and Cartoon you're watching Network cartoons, you're seeing these advertisements. Or Nickelodeon in the morning. Yeah. Disney right. Channel even. Well, well, look. I mean, marketing or not, and whether or not we're watching kids' movies or not, I mean, it's hard to know whether or not... Uh, the 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 race in this movie is affecting its box office total. I don't think it is. Um, there's they don't do exit they don't do exit polling at the movie theaters. So what did you think of the fact that they were Hawaiian? But, Hated it. <laughs> but but I mean Mitch, I mean you're talking about uh, I don't know against Zootopia, which is a film that uh, was released in March, the first week of March, uh, has a hundred million dollars on this movie. Yeah, um, talking, talking animals. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to deny that, but there's no race in that movie. They're talking animals, even though the film is about race. <laughs> let me let me let me pose one thing at you. I did talk to Colin about this on Sunday, and I don't. I I am not trying to like be like this is outraged that this movie didn't make three hundred million dollars instead of two hundred million dollars. But I just think I just think it's worth money back. It's worth talking about. But what I what I was telling Colin is that I had an adult tell me over Thanksgiving when this movie came out they saw Moana with their kids three kids two nine one six and uh, I, I'm just gonna say this that he just he just frankly said to me I never thought I'd see a Disney movie where all the main characters have tattoos that's also something and I didn't really get into a conversation with him about it, but I think the implication there was he was not very happy with the fact that his kids sat through a movie where their people they're supposed to look up to had tattoos. Now, I don't think that's an issue and I don't care, but you know, perhaps there are parents out there that see these commercials and on, on channels that we're not watching and that they think, I don't really want my kid to see that. I will say Pocahontas had tattoos in it, by the way. Yeah, but they were light colored and they weren't. They, 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 they were also they were also were like, white people. They were that flesh colored and they tattoos. weren't and they weren't uh, like characters, which uh, that's. No, but you're you're right, Colin. The, you're, That's a good point. The tattoos played an important did. role in this film. I mean, it's all mm-hmm. about storytelling. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And your status in your culture, and I yeah, think that's what's important. Thing, yeah, yeah. That's what's important. Well, I think about it's it. extremely important. I think it's awesome. <clears throat> I am like not in any way saying that no, I, I wouldn't take a kid. I know to that, this. but I'm just saying that there's probably. I mean, there has to be. I mean, I'm not, I don't think it's a hundred million dollars worth of people. Right. But there's probably people out there that are seeing it and going, I don't know. Yeah, well, I get, I, I get that. I I do think it it plays a role. Not like you said, not like a huge monetary role, but I, you know, I think kids are a lot more perceptive than what we think they are and when they see advertisements and when they see advertisements for someone who looks like them i think they're more apt to want to go see that and buy their action figures and buy their toys and uh, um i think that's why frozen did so well that's why i like shrek (laughs) You are because I am. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that being said, Moana is also the number twelfth highest grossing movie. Of Again, the year. it's not like it's fucking doing terrible so, because it's awful. It's um, sad. I mean, I agree with that, but I also um, to devil advocate the uh, advocate the devil advocate the devil version of uh, the box office draw. Hidden hidden uh, figures did beat Star Wars this week. And I, I understand it's the fourth week of Star Wars, but that's a big deal. Yeah. Um, for an all black cast, mostly. I mean, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner. Some people, and I haven't it's seen like it. The white but, guy. But, you know, 
Yeah, so there's not. It's not a definitive like. Oh, this is why movies do good or bad, but. Hidden Figures worth, worth talking about. is like a very, it seems like a feel-good, fun, no one's going to hate this movie sort of yeah, a right. drama yep. comedy. Right. So It is. It's, it's exactly You saw right. it? Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, I expect, I expect everything I am thinking about the film. Right. So yes, yes, yes. I'm not like going to go in there and be like, holy shit, they found aliens, you mm-hmm. know, or some craziness. I know there's going to be a scene, and tell me if I'm wrong, where there, there's, there's, Time is racing against them, and she figures something out, and she runs down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, she's running down the is? hallway, and she gets into, she busts through, and she's like, "It's blah 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 blah." And Kevin Costner's like, "What? Okay." Yeah. And then they apply oh, yeah. something, and John Glenn doesn't die. It hits. She it uses hits. emoji analysis, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that how this works? Yeah. It hits. I, it mean, it all hits. the women in this movie are smart and funny. It hits every one of those beats. I mean, it does it. It does it really well and really, really, really nicely. But it, I mean, it is. It's exactly that movie. And it's gonna tug at your heartstrings because they're gonna be like, NASA shouldn't be segregated. And Kevin Costner busts down that <laughs> colored person's sign. He's like, "We ain't having this shit no more." But that actually happened. Did they, yeah. <laughs> did they, did they, did they CGI John Glenn? Oh. Okay. Who who played John Glenn? <laughs> I know we're getting off topic. We'll, 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 we'll do our Hidden Fences movie later. Um, speaking of Hidden Fences, before we get into Fences, we should get to that in a second. Do we recommend Moana? Oh, for sure. For sure. For yeah. sure. I absolutely do. It's, it's beautiful. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year, I think, I too, will probably break my top ten. Although, I loved Kubo. I don't know if you guys have seen Kubo no, yet. But it's a much different... Still want to see Kubo. It's a much different themed and much darker film, like... And, and that's the not, problem with those movies is that people don't see them because they're dark right, and they're right. very. He, he's, I, I just <clears> wanted <throat> to say this about, because, um, sorry, Zootopia and. Um, uh, no, Moana are both Disney, I believe. Yes, Zootopia is not a Pixar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right. And while I can appreciate, while I appreciate the social commentary that's done in Zootopia more. Than what was done in Moana. Uh, Moana to me is like a quintessential Disney type of movie for me, um, which is why I, I would prefer Moana over Zootopia. Yeah, both used, great movies in my opinion. I would agree with that. I I, I was all about Zootopia earlier and um, for its message, but you know I rewatched it and I got to thinking more. And as much as I love that movie, I think Moana it does a much more effective job at like saying what it needs to say and having a great and meaningful message than Zootopia does. Mm -hmm. I think Zootopia has that and it's important, but it's also like pretty confusing (laughs) at times, like what they're trying to say. Yeah. Moana to me like feels almost timeless. Yeah. Like Like, I will agree with that. Right. Um, Captivating in time. I think Zootopia is a, Smarter and funnier movie, but you know what it has more than Moana? Coconuts. Pigs. Got a lot of pigs in <laughs> Zootopia. Not a lot, but there are pigs in Zootopia. <laughs> I, of course, it's zoo. Yeah, I will um, say Moana, my favorite part, if we're going to go around and say our, our favorite parts. Um, my favorite funny part was when we were introduced to the coconut tea or whatever, and they're they're like, oh, they're kind of cute, and then they paint on like angry <laughs> eyebrows and teeth. 
I bust out laughing during that scene. But the the most emotional part to me was when uh, she's try at the, at night when her grandma is dying. Spoilers. It's, it's, it's the catalyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, her grandma's dying and she tells her to go and she's pushing the thing out onto the reef and then all the lights go out in like on the island and that like you could just see that like wave of energy like go down under the island and that orc or that manta ray, manta ray comes swimming I out i was like i cried yeah <laughs> i just, like tears. started yeah. yeah i started to like tear up i was like god damn it that's beautiful mm-hmm. helps it helps get her off the reef and like uh my favorite part was Django fett uh tamara morrison plays her father in this movie oh do you know who does the singing voice for that was it Lin Manuel Miranda? Or was no. It? Well, he does the one guy's singing. Yeah, voice, but I, the other guy, the, his father's singing voice is George Washington from Hamilton. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. There we go. Oh, Lin Manuel was was pegged for this movie before uh, Hamilton. Hamilton, by the way, nice. which is interesting. Um, I also really like that flashback, the storytelling scene when she's looking at the painting on the sail, and it like, what's the song? Away from here or something like. Away, away. That's yeah, Lin Manuel's main song. Yeah. Like, right. Not gonna throw was, away my ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna throw away my ship. His lyrical style works really. It's well really for this. similar though. It's yeah. like, I hope it's he doesn't really, fall into a pattern. Well, yeah. I mean, hello, in the heights too. It's like uh, you know, I haven't it's seen what he does. Coming to Royal Oak. Did you know this? What? The, there's this little theater over there. They're doing in the heights. Oh. oh Hello, everyone. I just wanted to interrupt the show for a second to thank you all for a wonderful 2016. The Woodward's Filmcast definitely ended on a high note. December was far and away our biggest month ever. Can't thank you enough. Thanks for making that happen. As we enter 2017 and head toward 100 episodes, we continue to encourage you to email us your thoughts at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you so we can make listener feedback a weekly segment of the show. I mean, frankly, how great does that sound? Less us, more you. And one last thing. It's a new year, so try something new. We're looking for bloggers. Bloggers who will blog anything. Film, music, Detroit stuff, or hell, if you've got a short story or something you want to get out there, email me at kaledavidoff at gmail.com. That's kale like the vegetable, David like the first name, and off like the bug spray at gmail.com. All right, great. Just want to get all that out there. Now let's get back to the show. <laughs> all right, so we all recommend Moana. Let's get yes. on to Fences. We do Fences. God, sure. What a different movie. Denzel Washington's <laughs> directing movie. This is not a debut. Is that his debut? Yes. I think it is. This is his directorial debut, according to Colin Ward. Um, I have not verified hmm. that in my prep for the show. But uh, August Wilson play Fences, uh, drama about a father raising his family in the 50s. Um, if you could call black it that. Black family. <laughs> Raising. Raising, right. Which is it? No, what? It's not. He's directed it's his second. What's his first director? One? He directed Antoine Fisher and of, The Great Debaters. Yes. He, yes we, the I Great Debaters. And an episode of Grey's Anatomy. <gasps> and an episode really? of Grey's Anatomy. That is the most surprising thing I've heard in 2017. Um, so uh, early. A <laughs> lot of Oscar buzz for this, primarily for acting. Um, let's go around with our initial thoughts. I'll go first this time. Okay. Uh, I saw it yesterday. Um, I like this film a lot. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it would, the performances were great. It, it targeted some heartstrings a few times. Um, I don't understand why it's so goddamn long, but that's just me. And I what? 
I look. I say this about almost every movie. First no, of all, I, I agree. This, with is, you. this is an especially long film. Um, other than that, I, I have nothing bad to say about this movie. It's not. It's not the best movie I've seen this year, but it's it's well done. Uh, it's I think it's well written. It's crazily well acted. Everyone does well. Everyone from Denzel to Michael T. Williamson to Viola Davis, who's going to win an Academy Award. I right? love maybe. Right, well, right, well, we'll get to that. But I love I, Michael T. Williamson, but though. I I loved this film, um, and I I think you know we can talk Oscars at the end of the show. He like I don't know, he was great. Michael T. Williamson was awesome. He was in uh, Manchester by the Sea. He was also in a movie called Have a Little Faith. That was a Hallmark movie oh. made for TV. It was uh, about Mitch Albom's book. Yeah, and uh, I worked on that. And Michael T. is a very nice dude. He all he wanted to talk to me about was the films I was making in college. Really interesting. Great awesome. guy. Anyways, awesome, Mitch. What did you think of the film? Um, I was, I just use this word, but I was uh, captivated by it from early on. I do. I would agree. I don't know why it has to be as long. You could probably trim off 10, 15 minutes of this film. Um, and I mean, my viewing experience was a little hampered. So I, I did kind of uh, miss some things. I think um, there were just people talking during the movie and, you know, I didn't, I didn't work up the energy or the courage to like tell them to shut up, but I was still able to follow it. And, um, I, the acting is incredible. The direct, there's some weird directing and shot choices that like, there's a, like, you know, weird cut twos of other people or weird cut twos of things that I, that, sometimes I didn't understand or sometimes I did understand. I was like, Oh, that was a nice touch or like, what did that have to do with anything? Um, and then there's just a strange like ending that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, and I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about it, but you know, that, that opening, you know, 15, 20 minutes of, he is just the most insufferable man in the world. Like, he drives he drove me nuts from the start and he he then always had me on edge throughout the entire film um denzel washington's character what's his troy 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 maxson troy maxson um but i really loved like the art direction and the way this film was designed it really looked like the 50s felt like the 50s and it really felt like a play like yeah for sure it was all in that house right. like there were no there were only a few other short scenes in other places in this world um but everything was in the house you know up in the room in the living room in the kitchen in the backyard or on the front porch it's one location movie it was great and there's yeah. only six actors i think total yeah. very simple yeah with speaking roles very good yeah um so yeah i i was captivated by this film and thought the acting performances and the writing were incredible but you know, there were some strange things, but like you said, not the best film, not the, definitely not the worst film. I don't know if it'll crack my top 10 by the end of the day or by the end of everything, but yeah, still kind of a master class in certain aspects of filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. Colin? Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with everything that you guys both said, um, except I'll disagree with the length part, but we can get into that. Um, yeah, this this movie is just electric to me. And I mean, it is electric because of the performances and August Wilson's screenplay that he adapted to a screenplay from his play uh, before he passed away. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Because he's, he's passed away in 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So um, 
the, these characters are so great and the performances of these characters these are classic characters in the theater um and they knock it out of the part not only denzel which who i think is astounding in this role so do i like I, yeah on fire best thing i've seen him do since malcolm x like yeah, i think it's even better than his training day performance. yeah i do too uh which is just like yeah, yeah very I mean, overrated I, I, not to say it's bad. I just think that he has way better performances mm-hmm, than Jane. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, and Violet Davis is is commands that role as the one who makes that house work and is there in support, but will turn and tell it like it is in, in, in an instant. She is so fucking good. Um and, and like you guys said, yeah, there there was definitely some interesting shots and um, ways some scenes played out. But I mean, these performances are just so top notch. Yeah. Um, made the best ensemble I've seen of the year. Um, it's it's really an electric um, electric film. And I'll disagree. Here's where I'll disagree. Right, let's about, get into it. What, what's the, about the, the, the what's your length thing? So the my big the biggest complaint I hear about this film is it's too much like a play. Sure. It's too much like a play, and I'm here to see a film. Right. To me, that is like the dumbest criticism of something. One we don't all live in New York City, so we can't all see Fences on Broadway starring Denzel Washington and Viola Davis, which they both won Tony Awards for. When you translate a direct translation, word for word, essentially, from his play to screen, that's how long the play is, that's how long the movie is, they get every word in there, and every scene that matters in there. And to me, I am so thankful for Denzel for adapting this not not that he adapted screenplay but adapted it to film for a audience to see august wilson's work perform the way it should be and acted the way it should be and have every beat of emotion that it should in it so i live for how long it was to get it in there i mean it is long like there's no question about it it is long but i am thankful that's long so i could see august wilson's work in full I see. I understand that, and I do feel that the length and and the, the the density of the film and the story makes you feel like you you go through this period of time with for them, which is the course of five or seven years or something. Right at the end of the day, right? Yeah, at the end of it. You yeah, know, at the end, the end, the end of the whole thing. Um, I'm just like I don't have the attention. That's I know, look. I'm a simpleton. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't there weren't any pigs in this movie either. I was very confused. Um. I just I get it, you know. But see, this is it's to me. This is a this is a DVD movie, not because. Oh, I I I think if you put this in the DVD player and watch it at home, it, you would you would be distracted by something else. Well, maybe that's a detriment to the film then. Yes and no. I I mean I find that with any but see, any I, type I, of I, movie. I, I do get what you're. saying. I mean, it's a theater thing. I mean, yeah. it, it is very theatrical. There's so much, there's more words in this movie, no doubt, than any other movie I've seen this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, mile a minute too. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I want, the, sorry, I was gonna say, but the cool thing about it being on film is Denzel Washington gets to pick where your eye goes. I mean, instead of like, I don't know, and it, you, you say like it'd be word for word, but there's, you know, they don't call it an ad- adaptation for nothing. There's a lot that's added and taken away. Um, so like, you know, 
for instance, when they're arguing and then they cut to get, uh, Gabe, their, his um, mentally handicapped brother who's just like wandering the streets, um, praying or like, you know, kind of like you probably wouldn't get that. In the theater. Yeah, you right. You definitely yeah. wouldn't. I mean, you probably you would either be off stage or sitting and looking in another direction, um, which I liked. Yeah. I, I liked that a lot. Yeah. I but I wonder if and I I guess you'd have to re, I'd have to either read the play or read the screenplay but I wonder how much dialogue is is added or improvised or there's crossover or and I, the reason I bring that up is because I wonder if a lot of those directorial decisions to cut away that seemed weird or out of place or felt right were done to you know that could be mixing performances or cutting away from interrupting a, a, someone going on and on about you know I don't know there's there could be a million reasons why yeah. Denzel wanted this take of this performance, but there's 40 other lines of dialogue here that aren't in the script and that I don't want in the movie. I mean, there could be reasons for yeah. these kind of awkward cuts in the movie. That, also, edit, editing room too, you're like, ooh, this is not right. Uh, yeah, or like, it could be, a, you know, I don't know how they, I don't know what the process is here, but I imagine continuity is a big, there's, I mean, there's a, a lot of mess ups mm-hmm. because it's a, they're being very theatrical about it. They're being mm-hmm. very stagey about it. So there's, I don't know, there could be reasons for these crazy directorial decisions. Um, I want to we'll talk all about awards and stuff at the end but speaking of the end I'm, I'm just curious well first of all I want to say I love the path of this character who is basically a, 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 a bad dude at the beginning um, but I, I wasn't believing I mean you said he was insufferable but I <clears throat> I get it like that's, I felt that's also the, charming he also felt- charming and I felt he was a good guy in the beginning of the movie like I, I felt like he's good-hearted. He's been through some shit, and he talks a lot of shit. But at the end of the day, he's doing well at his job. He loves his wife. He's, uh, you know, cares about it's, his. He cares about the direction his son is going. I just, I, I love the way the film and the play or whatever presents this as like, for my mind was you've got this guy here who seems like a good egg, but not really. There's something worse brewing under there and he's kind of selfish and he, I don't an know. Authoritarian. Authoritarian. I mean, yeah, absolutely. All these things that you unravel as the story unravels and you, I don't know. I was surprised by a lot of the ways the story went. Cause I, I was like, Oh, this is, this is charming Denzel. And it turns into, no, this is training day, bad guy Denzel. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but did you not feel that way? I mean, he's a very complex character, but like, I didn't, I guess I saw through his bullshit at the beginning. Okay. Like I, he, I could never tell if he was telling the truth or not. Yeah. He's a, he's a show, he's a, you know. Talker. Talker. He, he talks up everything and, um, you know, it's a different time, different culture too. I, I mean, he was very, he's just somebody that. You know, I would have a hard time with if they existed today. <laughs> you know, like he's forceful with his wife and right, gross in yes. front of people that you shouldn't be like that in front of people. And right, he's an alcoholic. I, but and it's, I'm just saying, but I was taking those as oh, this is historical context. Oh, of like, course, I, so was I. But, but that like, doesn't mean I can't hate not. him. No, but I, I, I know. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you not can't hate him. I'm just saying that that. I was like, okay, this is just what a good guy was in the 50s. But then at the end of the movie, you're like, no, that is just completely terrible, shitty guy in yeah. a lot of ways. In the in the same way, like when he's giving his son advice in the beginning of the movie, I'm sitting there being like, 
Yeah, that's pretty sound advice. Until you realize that the, you know his, his advice is basically like his son's like, do you do you not like me? And Denzel Washington says, well, look, I'm giving you a house, I'm giving you food, blah blah blah. It doesn't really matter if I like you. I do. You're my responsibility. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, in a way, you're like, okay, sure, right. You got a roof over your head, son. That's fine. I'm thinking that. But then the yeah. end of the movie, what I loved was it, it kind of is just like, look, if that that's the base level of being a father. <laughs> That is not, right. It is. That is not like what makes you a good dad. This kid has a chance to go to college, and he's depriving him of that because he's like paranoid, and he plays the victim card. Like, you know, the white man just wants to keep you down and and stuff. And he's like, ah, they never. He's basically taking all of his insecurities and failures and making sure his son experiences the same thing. And that really was frustrating because, right. like, if he's good enough, did he say NC State? was coming from uh, north someone from north carolina yeah it was coming to check him out and possibly sign some recruiting papers and he said no it's like you don't really you're, you're gonna you just <laughs> Shitty. made it worse. Shitty. you just made his path worse you made it harder on yourself and on your son it's Colin, what did you take away from this complex character and the way they unravel it yeah i'm, I'm brilliantly uh, i mean just yeah, you I mean you you are charmed by him at the beginning. He's a he is a storyteller. He's a performer at the beginning. You see why uh Viola Davis's character was drawn to him um and drawn into him. And then yeah, there is definitely those times where I'm like, you know, he's not wrong. Like yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. like he's convincing me. Like and that's the, what's dangerous. That's like exactly, dangerous. About exactly. It. It's scary that I that you think that I was yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he's not a, a lot of the things. I, st- I mean, even still, I found like he's not wrong, but he's not right. Right. In, um, in his 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 view of the world. I mean, he is from a different time than what is happening now. Right. Um. And so it's it's exactly what 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 Mitch said about him, um, experiencing his failures and 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 putting that on on the son instead of giving him a chance. I mean. And it's it's just brought about so so brilliantly, and so that we as an audience get all that um, through through you know August Wilson's play. Mitch, what about the ending? Surprised you? Said you were really surprised by the ending. Spoilers. I just what what about like I a, I just oh. didn't so spoilers spoilers um many years later maybe five six years later he's dead it collapses um not surprising uh and the family is getting together um because they're about to go to the funeral and gabriel which some heavy metaphors in that name there uh he is his um mentally handicapped brother who got like part of his head blown off in the war Mm -hmm. uh in japan or well in the pacific and so he wanders the streets and he plays this trumpet. We never see him play this trumpet. And, you know, he's kind of delusional and he's talking about um, St. Peter and the gates of heaven and trying to, you know, shoo away these hellhounds. And it's very, um, you know, he he's an angel, basically. That's what I got at the end when he finally plays his trumpet to open up the gates of heaven. And the clouds separate and the sun shines down on him and then the clouds like go back and then Gabriel's just like, okay, bye. That's how it goes. <laughs> it's like, so are we, 
is this like real life or are we in a world, you know, that, you know, Gabriel is an angel? Like what? I don't know. What did you, what did you take? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. There wasn't enough during the film to really. Well, I don't, I don't think he's actually supposed to be an angel, but that's the, but then why include that at the end? Just to show that like, oh yes, he does go to heaven. No. I mean, I, to me that was just, it has, to, it has to have a purpose. That was the end of the film. No, I think. Well, <laughs> I think. Well, one, I think it ended it on a on a laugh, which after what you just experienced was, I think, important to like let that levity go out where like, you can't play the trumpet, <laughs> and um, and then a sense of not necessary if he went to heaven or not, but when you know the the sun the sun shines on this new family that they just you know came together, um where you're in more of a sense of hope, whereas before you didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I, I think it's, I don't think it's a literal, this is him going to heaven. I think it's, I think it's just, it's a moment of forgiveness. I think for all of them to him in, in wake of his death, really more than anything, not that he wasn't a piece of shit, but that, you know, he's dead and some of them are there because of him. And, you know, there's this. There, there's. I think in that that last section of the movie where he, his he's dead is supposed to be like things are actually still looking up. I'm just saying <laughs> things I, are I, looking was up. That not, is that not kind of the point? Was like it's still your father. You know, it's your only father, um, regardless of whatever lengths. Is that? I guess so. Maybe what they're. I, I think. I, I think without the, without sounding like yeah. he's a good guy. Oh, I think at the end of the film is also. It's a it is a very light moment because he's not there, and I know that sounds like bad, but like, I mean that guy was a terror throughout most of the film. Like he made me uncomfortable. He was a drunk, and he just I was afraid for other characters. Yeah. Um. And everything seems good at the end, you know. Like she's raising, she's ra- um she's raising this new daughter, that's not hers you know like it is her own and i love the character lions i thought he was great the older son who was a musician um everyone's i don't know everyone's together and life goes on life goes on i guess and it's new beginnings and it seems like a much more happy family surprisingly (laughs) um oscars Probably only acting, right? Adapted screenplay, maybe? Yeah, I could say that. Nomination for that. Maybe production design? Costumes. Costumes? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Very possible. I, I don't want to say... I don't know if it would. <clears throat> I think it's definitely deserving um, of both of those. Um, Viola Davis is a shoe-in for a nomination, right? Yeah. Um, she, and, and she better win, too. I think she better win. She's very good. At I don't remember. It was, she was supporting. Is that where she mm-hmm. could be? I don't remember supporting female role this year that I felt was as powerful as hers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her biggest competition is Michelle Williams and Naomi Harris. And like, I think she blows both of those out of the water. I did really like Naomi Harris. I feel like that's kind of fizzled out for some reason, her performance in terms of buzz. Mm-hmm. But, um, Yeah, what's that line she says? My favorite line when he comes home with the daughter, and 
is <laughs> what is she says like this 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 baby girl will have a mother but you won't or he's like you but you're you have no woman right. <laughs> or mm-hmm. something pretty great um what about denzel is he gonna get nominated for an oscar um he was nominated for a golden globe right he was yep for lead i think mm-hmm. i think he will i don't think he's gonna win it but i think he will be nominated he's very good in it i i mean i think he should definitely get nominated if i was voting i would vote for him for win too i mean he's it not is go- a, he's not going to but right i mean it is a very theatrical performance which i've already expressed before that i'm not a huge fan of um and i think that has a lot to do with the script as well i mean when he's like yelling out the window at death it's like jesus this guy's losing it um so but there is a lot of real conversation though yeah like a lot of like i was surprised actually i thought it was gonna be more of what you just said mm-hmm. but it was a lot of like natural clerks esque. we're talking about baseball and shit for 10 minutes and i I don't know like yeah i really like that talk about that talk about um baseball and the negro leagues yeah and a lot of the white players that never had to play black players and Mm -hmm. how their stats are tainted because i mean that's a huge point of discussion in baseball history Mm -hmm. Um, i loved all that um i think he i think he will be nominated i think he could if he won i would be totally cool with it for sure no question um, I said what I said about my well, the way I'm trying to look at the award season for technical awards for acting awards and you can tell me if I'm completely insane here but I'm trying to look at it in a different way in, in that you know it's a, re- it's a special performance if I can't think of anyone else who could have done it and I don't know who else does this role this well than Denzel Washington like I don't know who else could really do this um, to be this this you know this charming guy but also this devilish father and to do it so well and so perfectly um samuel jackson he just elba would be my he just elba could do this i don't know if sam jackson could do this not the same effect he just elba could probably maybe mm-hmm. but he's not old enough no. to do this role yeah just put a little gray in his he's not out of shape enough He's big, <laughs> much bigger than he is. Much bigger than Denzel, which could, I would if, make him scary. Elder does this on, on stage. I would see this as like that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm just saying that my I, I just was fascinated by his performance and the whole time thinking there's no one better than him. You know, he probably won't win it because they don't really love to give it out to the same people all the time. I mean, yeah. He says he says two, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Glory, glory, and, and training, training day. day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, who knows? We'll see. I would just had gotten to thinking, um, the Mr. Bono character, um, can't remember his name. Already. Yeah. His friend. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, that he was my favorite character, I think in the whole film, a very, like the, the shots of him, like looking at him and looking back and forth between him and Rose were very telling of like what kind of man he was and what yeah. kind of. Like how he was like really looking out for Rose, you know, more so than his own friend, because I think he realized how much of a terror this guy is uh, or could be. Um, but there was that scene in the bar toward the end of them, which I didn't. There was a look he gave Denzel Washington about like something about his like he says something about like, um, yeah, I've been learning, you know, I've been learning a lot you know about or learn a lot 
playing dominoes. So, like I'm getting better at playing dominoes. And he gives like Denzel Washington this look like he meant something else, and I have not been able to figure it out. Um, well, I also got the sense in that scene that Bono either doesn't drink or stop drinking or something. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't take a drink, and he was seemed he seemed like he was getting straight or something. Like he was, yeah, you know, or he was seeing what Denzel Washington's character was going through, and what, I don't know. It seemed like their party. Bono's getting better as a person, and Denzel's not throughout the. I don't maybe. Yeah, maybe. Finally bought his wife that fridge. Yes, that was nice. What did What did you put? What did it you took forever for Denzel to build that fence. But since, <laughs> Which on the subject of Oscars, though, I mean, who is this gentleman? Uh, Stephen Henderson, who plays Bono. Like, why not a uh, supporting Michael T. Williamson? I agree. Why not a supporting Oscar nominee? I mean, I was blown away by him. We yeah. all said it, right? Yeah. I don't know. Why can't why can't he be up for an Oscar? I think he should be. Oh, I like support. I mean, I feel like supporting nomination groups are always tougher, right? Because there's usually more of them, and they're, you know, it's. I don't know. It always seems like a tougher one to choose, but. Do you think he should be nominated for Best Supporting Actor? I mean, there's, either, a, lo- either there's a lot of people who should be nominated for it. So it's like, how do you... I know you don't, do you, I know you don't think they fold? will. There's no way yeah. Michael T. Williams is going to be no, nominated. No, but, but I mean, does he deliver one of the more memorable and, you know, you know, well-thought-out performance of the year? Yeah, I think I think so. I and mean, so do a lot of other people, too. So it's very hard. Good ensemble. Good ensemble. I I really hope it wins the SAG, SAG. for ensemble. Yeah. I don't think it will because Manchester by the Sea will win that, or maybe Moonlight will. Who knows? I think but, it's um, between those three. But I mean, as, I mean, there is not one weak link in Fences to me. No, even the kid was good. Yeah, the the, the girl at the end. Yeah, she was good too. Like, yeah. I was saying more. You were the, the, the Corey. The Corey. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was great. They're all good. Um, one well, I wanted to to bring this up because it was a big talking point after I saw. It. And uh, granted, I saw this movie uh, two days after Christmas, so it's been some time since I since I've seen it. Um, but when I saw it with my with my friend Haley, we got out of it. and We both responded really well to it, and we're you know really entranced by the whole thing. But the whole the on the whole car ride home, we just kept comparing this movie to Manchester by the Sea, which is interesting because. This movie's all black. Manchester by the Sea is all white. They both have to deal with um, family issues. And we both were in just in total agreement that one of these movies, even though it's a play and it's a l- very dramatic, Fences seemed like the more realistic of the two movies. Whereas, like, yes, like, this guy was an alcoholic and... Uh, fathered someone else's child and had all this other dramatics but we know people like that well right i mean to the to i, I mean i i think story-wise for sure it's a more realistic story and in, in terms of i mean i don't know realistic it's a more relatable story mm-hmm. i think than manchester by the sea um i think manchester by the sea is presented in a more realistic tone yeah um yeah but i see what you're saying i mean in terms of content it seems like uh like it's not that out there, uh, fences in terms of like what goes down. Manchester by the Sea is not necessarily out there, but we don't. 
you know, stories of someone burning down their house with their kids and their wife in it is not. It's it's happened. Of course, of course it's happened. I'm just saying that it's not as, you know, drunk father sleeping with other people. Abusive. Right. But I, there, it is. A, I don't know. I wouldn't similar. compare them. I, I wouldn't compare them in that sense. I mean, comparing films is tough. I mean, what are we comparing here? The fact that there are family issues. I mean, every film has family issues. It's, no, but these do these two movies are specifically movies that have to deal with how families work with one with one another, and it just. I think they're extremely interesting to compare these two movies because one is an all white cast family and the other is an all black cast family and how those differences in how they interact with each other and what problems are and what problems both internally and externally are affecting those families. Right. I think it's a, it's a fascinating discussion. Right. But they're also set, you know, 60 years apart yes, from uh, each yes, other absolutely. in different areas of the country. Yeah. And but that does I mean that I don't think that no, I mean, I, discredits I, it no, like I, from I mean, the, not comparing the, the, no, the comparison. I mean these are I mean what other film would you compare either of these two this year that are in the running for these sort of things? I mean in terms of like you know Moana and Zootopia in my mind Rogue One and La La Land are a similar tone and, and action packed kind of movie. Uh, that you know, they're both slow dramas about family problems and ensemble cast. I mean, I, both I, maybe I, a little too long. <laughs> I, in my mind, they're both they're both <laughs> they're both way too long. Fences wasn't really funny though. <laughs> Manchester by the Sea had funny moments. Well, I don't find Manchester funny. I think if you revisit Manchester by the Sea, you will see something different. I I feel like you guys are unusually harsh on that film. <laughs> like, well, no, we, like, we are, we are, because I. Seem to not. I, it seems to be only Colin that, that I've come across that really didn't like it. But. No, I, I've, I've encountered way more people. But no, the comparisons there. I haven't thought about. I have. This is like to make a to make a huge comparison between the two of them. And I also, I will say, I walked out of my theater comparing it to Manchester by the Sea to the person I saw it with. It um, that's like immediately what my mind went but, to. To actually compare it's them, dialogue I, I, heavy. They're dialogue yeah, heavy films. Yes. They are. They're, they're, they are. Yes, but I can pinpoint why I enjoyed one and why I didn't enjoy it. That that's why I brought it up when I first left the theater. But to compare them in a deeper sense, I have to. Just, I have to take a week and. <laughs> well, I, but, that, but that's why I was bringing it, is, it up. It, it is. It, a really it good. seems like that would be a good like paper or like thing to explore. You know, like. Socially, politically, social, economically, like I think yeah, that there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot there to to compare, which is why I think Moonlight stands out between all of them because I don't think it's easy to compare. But that's my opinion. Um, any other thoughts on fences? I, I'm surprised that there's no line in this movie about him hitting a home run and, or swinging for the fences. How's that not a line in this movie? How's that not a line? The, the fence symbolism is beaten in your face. Okay, why can't they throw in a baseball metaphor again? I have that. I have well, that they did talk about how he was like he didn't want to swing. He didn't want to hit in, into the stands. He wanted were, to hit it over it. everything. Yeah, they were gonna say it. They did. It. A little, I too, do th- a little too on the nose. I do bless you. I, my one complaint for this movie is probably, besides the length, is like 
there's times where, and I guess it's supposed to be intentional. I mean, I'm supposed to be annoying, but he goes on with these baseball analogies. Just, I want to. He's so full of himself. I know. But I mean, that's just, the point. It's just like, dude, you peaked before, <laughs> unfortunately, before they started letting yeah. black people play in right. the major leagues. It's just how it is. Get over it. <laughs> Let your son compete with yeah. the others, you know. What does Meryl Streep think about this poisonous <clears throat> movie? Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Let's wrap it up. Fences. Recommend to peeps? Absolutely. It's quintessential American um, playwright. It is every bit as important as uh, Death of a Salesman is. I don't know if I'd recommend it for theaters. I think it would be a, a wait. Wait and watch on whatever streaming but i, I mean, do recommend it because it's well acted yeah i'm kind of in between both i mean I, I i fucking loved it but i also think like in terms of recommending it to if you're not into a long haul acting movie yeah, don't go maybe it. wait but i think definitely see it when it's on demand or on mm-hmm. blu-ray or whatever because it's a good look and i denzel still draws people to the theater there's no question and if you enjoy denzel washington you should definitely see this especially if not only to appreciate his uh acting but look it's his movie so. he didn't really draw anyone to go see magnificent seven that's true yeah. <laughs> i mean you know look no one star power is dead whatever it's yeah whole other thing. Um, unless rec- it's just that person <laughs> yes well we, we can can't go. be sharing a screen with nobody <laughs> but we didn't even really talk about passengers chris pat jennifer lawrence the two biggest stars in a Today. movie that just <laughs> oh yeah i i could go on for day. This, that shit's dead stop movies gotta stop trying to sell actors people do don't give a shit about that anymore mm-hmm. but they want to see marvel they want to see pixar they want to see Some star brands. wars they want brands they don't want fucking actors anymore brands and colors colors <laughs> lots of pigs we want more pigs <laughs> All right, let's end this show, guys. Great double duo show today with Moana and Fences. Uh, video on red, on demand recommendations. I'm going to go first. I am going to, when I get out of here, I'm going to go finish up uh, the Night Manager that I've been watching because uh, Hugh Laurie won a Golden Globe and Tom Hiddleston won a Golden Globe. And in my mind, this movie is absolutely adequately hyped up. No, appropriately hype, hyped up. Uh, I've had so much fun watching the first five episodes of the six episode miniseries. This is what so spy movies should be. This is what James Bond should be in a lot of ways. This is no doubt Tom Hiddleston's James Bond audition. I go back and forth watching these first five episodes, whether or not I think he would fit well in the role, but that's a whole other discussion for another time. But definitely watch it. I think it's awesome. If you like legitimate, it's not an action show, but if you like spy shit, it's a really, really entertaining TV show. I'm loving it. Can't wait to finish it. Yeah, I watched the I watched the first episode. The first episode is it's perfect. so great. Like, really perfect. Uh, Mitch, have you seen What's it What's it on again? Amazon. It's on uh, Amazon. It's an AMC show, right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it for free on Amazon. I, I bought it for $9 on Amazon. I don't have Prime. Mm. But I thought I was going to enjoy it, so I bought it. Mitch, what's your um, recommendation? So I have two things. Um, watching Fences reminded me of other, like... Um, theater-like, you know, stage-like films, and all I could think of was 12 Angry Men and how amazingly, like, driven that film is by characters, actors, and dialogue. In one um, room. I, yeah, in yeah. one room, it's 
perfect. Like there's nothing bad about that film <laughs> at I all. Agree. I, yeah. yeah, at all. Um, so I don't know if that's available anywhere, unfortunately. But if you haven't seen Twelve Angry Men and you're not, you don't want to see it because it's like black and white and it's like oh, a bunch of white guys talking. Like, no, that film is so important and it talks about you know something really important and relevant today, even. Um, and even for the time, it must have been groundbreaking. Uh, but my other recommendation is I was on Hulu, and unfortunately, this show is about to expire. I don't know how long it's going to be on for. I think one more week. But Strangers with Candy is on Hulu with Amy Sedaris, Stephen Colbert, and um, oh, I'm forgetting the name. But uh, very funny show. Lasted three seasons on Comedy Central in the late 90s, early 2000s. And just weird as hell <laughs> so weird about like a 45 year old woman who has to return to, <laughs> to return to uh high school and like that's all i can really <laughs> say it's, it's, it's something you gotta seek out because i don't know how long it's gonna last on hulu but i was watching a bit of it and like oh yeah this i remember watching this when i was younger and really loving this so colin yes um recommend a like Kim mentioned earlier, I was I started watching all the Indiana Jones because all the Indiana Jones movies are on. Uh, I think it was Hulu. I watched them on. It was either Hulu or Amazon. I think it's on Hulu. They're on Hulu. Um, so I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then I was going to watch Temple of Doom, but then I got caught up in the Night Manager, so I started watching Night Manager. But I'm not going to recommend what Kale uh, recommends. So I'm going to recommend a movie on Amazon Prime. Which quick little blurb here. Amazon Prime is killing it with movies and television shows right now. I am watching way more stuff on Amazon Prime than I am on Netflix because right now Netflix is sucking for me. Yeah, for for not original content. For not original yeah. content, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Um, so the Parent Trap on from the fifties, great. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there that I'm like not interested in. Watching I'm considering at all. canceling so it I, until I was, you know. Look, I just told you I bought nine dollars worth of Night Manager. Should I just bite the bullet and get Prime? Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah, then you get two day shipping on everything. Hmm. That too. Which yeah, I what the use, hell am I which doing? Which I, could, which I could use right now. I got a. That's a whole. A I will tell you the whole thing later on. Oh boy. Yeah, not. Weeks from now, <laughs> um, but my recommendation is uh, Amazon Prime. Is Amazon Prime now, um, uh, Is the Neon Demon actually? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, directed by Nicholas Reinerifen, starring Al Fanning, uh, Keanu Reeves is in it, uh, Christina Hendricks. Really trippy art, fashion, music, orgasm on screen. It is engrossing and silent and loud and shocking it's a i think it's like a modern day fairy tale it's really interesting <laughs> really interesting want to check it out i do want to yeah. check it out it yeah. was the drive guy right? it is it yeah. is you know I, one night I, I sat back i popped some popcorn i smoked a little uh joint and watched that and it was <laughs> it was a experience <laughs> Awesome. Um, one more thing before we go, I I want to say too that uh, since we last met, I watched my third Harry. My well, I saw Fantastic Beasts, so my fourth Harry Potter uh, movie, Prisoner of Azkaban, um, and I enjoyed the first two, the Sorcerer's Stone and uh, the other Chamber one. of Secrets. Chamber yes, of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. 
I, I did like those movies, but Azkaban, Alfonso Cuarón's uh, Harry Potter movie was fucking great. Like, it was awesome. Awesome. Very great. Very. That ending very, very is very like. Gives me chills every time. Mitch, since I see you're liking my comment on Facebook <laughs> about books uh, and movies, I do want to say too that like I, uh, I haven't read the books for Harry Potter. Neither have I. Um, but it's fun to get the I get those comments. The book thing. Everyone, I'll be like, that movie was so awesome, and they'd be like, the yeah, but the better. book is so much better. Like, oh, okay, I guess I didn't like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my friend would do that whenever I'd talk about Harry Potter even, and he was like, that's not how Dumbledore is supposed to look. And I'm like, uh, anyways, I can't wait to continue the Harry Potter series, and I'll keep you updated as I go along here. Please do. And I, I'm really curious to think, I think you, the more you watch them too, you'll realize how good of a 1-3 is as far as predicting things and ushering the total style change that happens from yeah. three for the rest of the franchise. You know, and I can see that, like the style shift already, obviously. And I think, you know, Alfonso Cuaron, uh, all compliments to him, but I think it's also just, it's the middle of the decade and things were starting to change for film in general. I mean, I hate this is I really, but in a post 9-11 kind of world where things were getting seriouser and darker and they were people were taking their superhero media and they were taking their their uh sci-fi media a lot s- more serious underworld um <laughs> yes movies like underworld resident evil well, i'm just you know you're you know azkaban came out a year before batman begins and things that were things were coming into that form so i i give him the credit but i think the times are changing a little bit really quickly for, well, that, for that franchise that's what i'm witnessing as i'm watching the first three films well the books i mean yeah, you know, for kids and for yeah, I mean yeah, the I, first I two, the first two no, no years are you know are the wonderment of magic, and right, then right. they are their kids growing up, and right. the books go really dark, and then they get darker. I yeah. get that, but I I love watching the cinema change through the decade. I think mm-hmm. that's really fast. That's what I love about James Bond. I love that James Bond changes through decades, and I'm enjoying watching that about Harry Potter. Um, all right, that about does it for the Woodward's film cast. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, maybe one film next time. I don't know. Who knows? Silence. Silence. What did you say? Huh? I said we'll see. Silence. I didn't, I didn't say anything. Hidden figure silences. Hidden silence. silence. All right. For Cal and Silent Mitch. Silent figures. <laughs> I am Kale. We will see you next time on the Woodward's Filmcast. Silent person. Woodward's Filmcast at gmail.com. Send us an email about the films. Bye. 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 To the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. See the light where the sky meets the sea, it calls me. And no one knows. This has been a WoodwardsDetroit.com production. Your Detroit Avenue to alternative pop culture talk.